0: back to the On Mission Together podcast. Um, I have Bishop Carter here with me. My name is Jason Demay I'm from the New York Curio team, and uh, we just wanted to get a summer update from you, Bishop mm-hmm. Carter. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you've been in, I think, North Carolina. I was in North Carolina right, too. Right. Kind of fell in love with Asheville a little right, bit. Um, right, right. It's, it's a great spot. Uh, I got to paint a lot this summer, mm-hmm. so that that's been great for me. Um, and our family's just doing great. So, mm-hmm. uh, just love to hear how your summer went, maybe some reflections uh, as you were reflecting uh, that you have for the the general body. Right.
1: Thank you, Jason. And just appreciate our partnership with you, with We Are Curio. Uh, It's sort of midway through the summer. I remember as a kid being asked to write when school started what I did in my summer vacation. Uh, uh, We're sort of midway through that. Uh, And the first part of the summer for me is about preparing for annual conference and presiding at our annual conference, which is a big gathering and important event. Then we generally have a cabinet retreat uh, later in the month of June. Mm-hmm. Uh, this summer, that was about reverse mentoring. That's cool. Uh, and our leaders were Michael Beck, mm-hmm. uh, Audrey Warren, and Derek Scott. Some of the best. So they presented to the cabinet, and we learned from them. That's that so was cool. great. Let just
0: unpack that just really quick, this yeah. idea of reverse yeah. mentoring. <laughs> like I, I, I had maybe heard that, but yeah. I, when you yeah. implemented that, I was like, that mm-hmm. is powerful.
1: Well, you know... Uh, Years ago, we watched a video how wolves change rivers, uh, and that really helped us mm. to identify who would be a part of the M Lab yeah. experience, which is still ongoing. People yep. are still new to it, but many people have experienced it. We had that in mind when we thought about who should we invite mm. to do innovation and design thinking yeah. training, uh, and so. We quickly realized that those of us who are more established in our roles or in leadership, what the church has called us to do, uh, we can learn from people who are more on the edge of um, doing a new thing, Mm -hmm. engaging with persons in their worlds, that they have a lot to teach us, that they can mentor us in how to enter into... Uh, this new day of mission and serving wow. God. And so it was wonderful. We're still still learning, but it was a great day. Um, I was around Lake Junaluska around July 4th, uh, which was great. And then uh, had a couple of meetings away from there. Uh, one of those was the executive committee of the Council of Bishops. Uh, and, uh, and so that was uh, sort of the first part of the summer. Uh, I did want to just briefly reflect on... Uh, on sort of what's happened this summer. Uh, Our annual conference in June was very much shaped by the decisions of the special session uh, of the General Conference in St. Louis in February. Uh, And as we approached that special session of the General Conference, I supported the One Church Plan as did the majority of the Council of Bishops. Uh, And my endorsement of that plan was based on three factors. Uh, I felt like it honored our different context. Someone said to me recently, context is everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, It allowed for freedom of conscience uh, at the local level and protection of religious liberty and freedom of conscience. And then it it removed the incompatibility language about homosexuality. Uh, And in my mind, the One Church Plan did not ask anyone to depart. Mm Uh, It created a spiritual home in the United Methodist Church for us all, even as I understand that it was unacceptable to some of our more conservative or members and some of our more progressive members. It did did not fully honor their convictions and and I understand that. Uh, At the same time, I wanna say that I've always worked to assure fairness in the processes I've been a part of. All three of the plans that went to that special session were included in the final report, written and verbal. All three were presented to the Judicial Council to see if they were constitutional. And I've sat at table with United Methodists across the world who envision very different futures for our denomination, and and I've grown to respect them. Uh, As I presided at our annual conference uh, this summer in Lakeland, I also sought to assure fairness in how the resolutions were debated, in our decorum, uh, in persons who were invited to speak, to lead worship, to pray, uh, and in the leadership that's called to serve our conference in the coming year. Uh, The annual conference in Lakeland in June was a combination of a political process Uh, and that was voting for delegates to the general jurisdictional conferences. And it was also worship. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a great healing service. We had the Community Fresh Expressions evening. We had a service of revival and renewal. We had ordination, commissioning, licensing service. All of this is to say that I truly do seek to speak and lead to and lead the whole church. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a person with a very traditional faith. who imagines a church that removes the obstacles to to inclusion and acceptance of all people. And my belief in the power of the Triune God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit leads me to believe that this can be our shared future. So right now we live in the tension between the decisions that were made in St. Louis at the special session and the decisions that were made in Lakeland. Uh, at the annual conference. And these were very different decisions. Mm -hmm. And they demonstrate the reality of the United Methodist Church in the present moment. Uh, The question becomes for us, how do we best live in this reality? And how we can continue to do this? How can we continue to do the work? And so my conviction is that there is a spiritual home for everyone in the Florida Conference. We have churches of all sizes composed of people with varying convictions. We have persons in leadership in our annual conference with very different visions of the future. Some people told me they were heartbroken by the decisions in St. Louis and wondered if there was a place for them in our church. Other people told me they were heartbroken by the decisions in Lakeland and wondered if there was a place for them in our church. Mm -hmm my work over the past few years has been to try to find a way forward for the united methodist church and i have not done this as any kind of solo leader i've the general church level i've served with bishop sandra steiner ball and david Yemba. i was joined in the work that work in the general church by george acevedo and alice williams and alex shanks of the florida conference Some of that work was shared with our annual conference over a year ago, in June of 2018. You were a part of that, Jason. Mm -hmm. And that work shaped the Florida Conference and how we've become a resource for several other annual conferences. That's awesome.
0: Well, what would you say maybe some uh, recommendations or things that people listening could do next, an action Mm -hmm. they can take, a step that
1: Mm -hmm. um, you would maybe encourage them to do? um it's a great question i think uh first just to invest in relationships across our differences Mm -hmm. i'm going to be talking about that in a future podcast to try to understand where another person is coming from and i see this happening in florida and this is really a model for how we listen to Mm -hmm. each other uh I would say if your church has not offered the POV process, you can access that through our conference website, please do so. It was created for every church and every community. Uh, There's a book, Where Do We Go From Here? Uh, I have a chapter in that book. George Acevedo has a chapter in that book. Very different perspectives, but it simply goes into greater depth about that for people who are really curious. Uh, I would say engage with the members of our delegation to the 2020 General Conference, um, and they'll be acting on legislation that will shape shape our church in the future. Uh, and I want to I want to say to those who are listening that a lot of work is happening this summer related to models for the future of our denomination. I've been a part of many of those conversations. Uh, Uh, and I can identify at least three of them. Uh, Some are led by delegates to the next general conference. Uh, Some are led by self-identified conservatives, centrist progressives. Some are convened by bishops, uh, and these include bishops from across across our global church. And some are initiated by caucus groups and renewal groups inside the church. Uh, Some are shaped, some of the conversations are shaped by people outside of our denomination, and some are even not even related to religion. It's a pretty large, complex thing. Mm-hmm. I do want you to know that uh, people are having these conversations and seriously asking the question, what is God's will? How, how can we be a part of that? How can the church be strong and vital in the future for all people? That's
0: awesome. Well, thank you for your uh, hard work on this, uh, for everyone across the conference who's working on it. And uh, just know we're, we're praying for you all, and uh,
1: thanks for, for speaking with us. Thank you. Thank you.